Hello, and welcome to this festive special of Trish of the Day, and a very merry Trishmas to you all. Oh, it seems like so long ago now that series one of my little podcast first came out, and I've received so many messages from my listeners across the globe asking, is it coming back? When can we expect a second series? Are you dead? So I thought I'd check in to let you know I'm still alive by doing a Christmas special of the podcast. We've got a packed stocking full of goodies for you today, so gather round, pour yourself a pint of mulled wine, and let's get cracking. Christmas for me really starts the first time I hear that Chris Rear song about driving home for Christmas, The Road to Hell. So, to get us in the mood, I took to the streets to find out what Christmas means to the great British public in my local area. What's the best thing about Christmas for you? Oh, having a cheeky gin and tonic at half past nine in the morning. It's definitely my favourite thing about Christmas and Wednesdays. What's Christmas like for you? Well, to be honest, since the Brexit referendum all those years ago, half my family no longer talks the other half, so it's just great. I'm one of those people you always see on Christmas Eve running round doing their last minute present shopping at the petrol station. Luckily, my family really loves petrol, so... This is the first time in years I'm not cooking for the family on Christmas Day. Are they not coming? Yeah, they are. And I can't wait to see their faces when they find out. This year, my husband says he's going to smother me with presents. Ooh, what's he getting you? Pillows. What's the best bit of Christmas for you? February. Now, I have a birthday coming up just after Christmas. I won't say exactly when it is, because there might be scammers listening who want to steal my identity. And I share an office with Sue, so I wouldn't wish her flatulence on anyone. But uh, what's my point? Oh yeah, so my birth date makes me a Capricorn, which leads me onto my first guest, who's a professional horoscope reader and astrologist, who I met for the first time a few months ago. We both enrolled in a pottery class, and during the first class, the kiln exploded. And we were sitting outside on the curb, chatting, wearing tinfoil blankets. And when he told me his job, I thought, well, I just had to get him onto the show. So please welcome the lovely Ivor. Hello, Ivor. Merry Trishmas to you. Hi. Merry Trishmas. Thank you so much for coming on to my little podcast. It's my pleasure. I'm very thrilled to be asked. So, Ivor, you are a professional horoscope reader and astrologist. Yes. So I'm going to start with the obvious question. Yes. Do you ever get tired of the jokes? The jokes? Yeah, like uh, th there's a new moon rising in Uranus. Oh. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, I love a Uranus joke. <laughs> so, do you get sick of the jokes? To be honest, Trish, I haven't really heard any since the 90s. Also, it's pronounced Uranus. It isn't, though, is it? They only say that to stop us saying Uranus. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Ivor. Oh, very unprofessional of me. Yes. So, anyway horoscopes. What's that all about? You know, Ivor, like millions of people, over the years, I've often been reading a newspaper or a magazine and I get to the horoscopes page and I excitedly read what it says about my star sign and then when I've read it I think, what? So tell me, what's it all about? Now I'm a Capricorn apparently, so what does that mean? Well, Trish, Capricorns are ruled by the planet Saturn. Yep, still none the wiser, either. Saturn is the planet which values hard work and patience. It goes well with the classic Capricorn qualities, including uh, being goal-oriented, responsible, hard-working. 
makes me sound a bit boring, a bit serious. Did you not hear my Uranus joke? So the planets influence us. Um, makes sense, I suppose. I mean, when I was a little girl, a man who lived three doors down had to be locked in his bedroom when it was a full moon. So it's a bit like that, really, isn't it? Not really. So all the signs of the zodiac. So you've got a fish, a bull, some scales. It's a bit like Monopoly pieces, isn't it, in a way? So what is a Capricorn? I mean, it's not even a real animal, is it? Well, it's a sea goat. It has the head of a goat and the tail of a fish. But what does that mean? Well, it means you can be of two different realms. You could be in water as well as on land, which means you can operate both in the spiritual world as well as the materialistic world. Yeah, obviously, yes. Yeah. Anyway, Ivan, I understand you've done some predictions for me this week. They're not predictions, Trish. I'm not a fortune teller. I simply tell you how the astral bodies are behaving and you interpret that as it relates to you. Oh, so I have to do all the work. OK, fine. Off you go, Ivor. So this week, the Sun in Sagittarius will form a sextile with Saturn in Aquarius tomorrow, so you're going to have a major boost of self-esteem. Well, I am getting my hair cut tomorrow with Donna. She's very good. Always makes me look great. So I suppose that could be true. But carry on. And as we get to the weekend, Mercury, in your sign, will be forming a bond with Uranus... Uranus. ...with Uranus in Taurus on Saturday. This is a great day to express yourself in creative projects and use your talents to make something magical. Well, I was going to start making my Christmas cards on Saturday. I do homemade cards, you see, Ivor. Um, this year, I've decided to move away from Jesus and Mary and focus more on Joseph, because he doesn't really get much of a look in, does he? And they're quite light-hearted, you see, my cards... I've just finished one where uh, Joseph is angel-proofing their apartment and he makes a funny comment to Mary about what happened last time an angel got in. <laughs> so, um, sorry, carry on. As the year comes to an end, you're ready to work extra hard to achieve your goals for next year when Libra takes control of your career zone. Over the next few weeks, you'll focus on your achievements and be extra productive. Well, you're not wrong about being extra productive. I share an office with Sue, so I basically do the work of two people. And now we've got flexible working. It's a nightmare. A few months ago, she said she was working from home, but she checked in on Facebook at Alton Towers. She even had a working from home office Christmas party last week. She got drunk and photocopied her bum on a home scanner. <laughs> she sent it to our WhatsApp work group. <laughs> it's quite funny, actually. Couldn't really tell what it was. Beverly in accounts asked her, is that your dinner? I mean, in Beverly's defence, she's waiting for a cataract operation. Well, our time's up, Ivor. Oh, it's flown past. Um, it's been most enlightening, and I'm sure our listeners have learned a lot about astrology. I mean, I still don't believe in it, but um, it's not for everyone, is it? Well, yeah, it's been nice to talk to you. But, you know, having you here, Ivor, has made me realise one regret I have. What's that, Trish? Well, when Sue sent us that picture of her bum, I wish I'd messaged her now privately and asked her, Sue, when you were getting back up off your scanner, was Uranus rising? Sorry, Uranus. <laughs> oh, your face, Ivor. Well, what words could I use to describe my next guest today? Trusted colleague? Confidant? Old friend? Probably none of those. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, she is old. But I would like to extend a return welcome to my office mate, Sue. Hi, Sue. Merry Trishmas. Hiya. Merry Trishmas. And a happy Sue, yeah. No, we're not doing that, Sue. So, what have you been up to? What's work been getting in the way of this week? Well, 
My sister has been taking her dog to an obedience training class. Only this week she wasn't very well, so she asked me if I could take the dog to the class. So I did. Anyway, the instructor was giving us things to do with the dogs. And he said, whenever the dog does something right, give him a snack. Only I thought he said smack. Sue! I know, I thought at the time it was an unusual teaching method. It was like primary school all over again. So you smack the dog? Yeah, but not hard. I just give him a little dig on his nose, you know. Only once, though, because he bit me then. But, you know, even though I was in casualty for six hours, I don't even blame him. So, Sue, you're mainly here to tell us about something else, aren't you? Yeah, that's right. So, I don't know if you know this, Trish, but I am a qualified regression therapy therapist. Of course you are, yes. I didn't know that, but you do tell me a lot of random things, Sue. They do kind of blend into one. OK, so for the benefit of our listeners who are not familiar with it or who possibly don't know how to use Google, what is regression therapy? Well, regression therapy works on the belief that sometimes in order to resolve situations in the present day, you've got to go back in time and solve problems in the past. Like Quantum Leap? No, it's nothing like Quantum Leap. And how long have you been doing that? Well, in regression and past life terms, I've been doing it about 500 years. What about in real life terms, Sue? Since July. So when you say solving a problem in the past, if we use my life as an example, would that mean like the time my mum wouldn't let me have my nose pierced? No, Trish, not really. I mean the past, as in historical times, a different life. You would be a different person living in the historical past. Yeah, still sounding like Quantum Leap, Sue. Well, it's not, though. It's all about your past lives. We've all lived before, and regression therapy takes you back to one of those past lives. OK, well, to show us exactly what happens, you recorded one of your sessions, didn't you, Sue? Yep, that's right. So, tell us, Sue, what was the patient's current problem? He's got a crippling phobia of mermaids. Mermaids? OK, I mean, does that affect his day-to-day -day life? No, not really, but a lot of my clients do have more money than sense. Well, I'm sure they'd be thrilled to hear that, Sue. So, tell us about what we're going to hear. So, this was my first session with this particular client. I'll call him Bob. So, you've changed his name to protect his identity? No, his name's Robert Saunders, so I'll call him Bob. Also, he said, call me Bob. Right. And um, what did Bob think about appearing on my podcast? No idea. He didn't know I was recording the session. OK, well, that's illegal, Sue. Uh, anyway, we'll just edit that bit out. Well, some people get camera shy, don't they, if they know they've been recorded, and they end up saying nothing. Right. Well, let's have a listen. We're going to get started. So, Bob, I'm going to count you back now to a past life. We may visit different time periods, and you will physically be different people in the past. Like Quantum Leap? It's nothing like Quantum Leap, Bob. Now, clear your mind as I take you back through the tunnel of time. Imagine a big egg timer floating in midair. In the tunnel? Well, the time tunnel isn't an actual tunnel, Bob. So just imagine the giant egg timer spinning in the sky with grains of sand slowly trickling away. We're on our journey, going back. Imagine a desk calendar and I'm flicking the pages in your face. They're full of dates. And now the pages have come loose. And they're going spinning through the air back into the past, like in a montage. And we're still on our journey, Bob, going back, going back. Imagine the front pages of newspapers spinning in midair, coming to a standstill, focusing 
on the headline. What does the headline say, Bob? Town Council approves new playground for kids. Now, go further back than that, Bob. And not so local. Pick another headline. What does it say now, Bob? Man lands on the moon. Well done, Bob. Oh, here's another spinning headline. It's just stopped. What does it say? King Henry to divorce. Pope furious. Well, that was quite a leap. But let's try here for a bit. Look around and focus, Bob. What can you see? I'm sitting on a balcony in a castle. There's a big party. The guests look like they're very rich. I can see the king himself, Henry VIII, sitting on his throne, eating a big chicken leg. Oh, he eats like a right pig. He's got all dinner in his beard. And who are you, Bob? Are you a man or a woman? I'm a woman. I can see myself in the mirror. I'm very attractive. OK, Bob, calm down. So, what are you doing now? My name's Mary. I'm chatting to a lady, filling her goblet with wine. She's bending over to pick something up. I'm stealing her purse while she's not looking. Are you a thief, Mary? Desperate times. My husband's at home with a pox and I've got 12 children to feed. Oh, no! What's happened, Mary? The woman seen me stealing her purse. She's screaming at me. Everyone's coming towards me. Oh, they look angry. They're all throwing chicken legs at me. Oh, oh, that was a big one. Ow! Oh, what shall I do? Leg it, Mary. Leg it. I'm running. I'm running. The, the door's blocked. I've gone to the balcony. What can you see? There's a big fountain below. It's a giant fish made out of stone with its mouth wide open and water shooting out of it. I'm going to jump and try and land in the pool below. Oh, no! What now, Mary? My blouse got caught on a nail as I jumped off the balcony. And it's ripped. Oh, it's come off me. Oh, no. What's happening? I've been blown off course. I've landed in the giant fish's mouth. Oh, not your day, is it, Mary? So, quickly, summarise the scene. I'm topless, wedged up to my waist in the mouth of a giant fish. And a crowd's gathered round me, laughing and pointing and chanting, Mermaid Mary! Mermaid Mary, Mermaid Mary, Mermaid Mary, Mermaid Mary, Mermaid Mary. So there you go, Trish. Wow, fascinating, Sue. So now presumably Bob has recognised the root of his mermaid phobia and can move on with his life. So have you seen Bob since? Yeah, he's still coming to me regularly. I thought the mermaid phobia was sorted. It is, but really in that trauma, unfortunately, has given him a new phobia of chicken legs and balconies. OK, well, insightful and bonkers as ever, Sue. Thanks for sharing. Thanks, Trish. Just got one more thing to say. All I want for Christmas is Sue. You can go now. We'll be back after this quick commercial break. Hello, Anne. Hello, Bill. These letters came next door by mistake. Oh, stupid postman. I heard that. They look like Christmas cards. Oh, yeah. I hope you don't mind me saying, but you do look tired, Bill. Oh, I haven't been sleeping well. It's all the worry, you see. I recently had to use my life savings on that giant sinkhole that opened up in my back garden. I'm absolutely penniless. Sorry, Anne. How's your day been? Oh, I went to a funeral this morning. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Thanks, Bill. It's fine, though. I didn't really like her. Makes you think, though, doesn't it? Have you planned your funeral, Anne? It can be an expensive business. Tell me about it. I heard the average funeral can cost up to a million pounds. And then there's the worry of who to leave my valuables to. At the moment, everything's in my spare room under the bed. 
and I just can't bear the thought of my family fighting over who gets what, or arguing about the will. I should have had Mum's Victorian jewellery collection, or Grandma said she'd leave me her Fabergé eggs, or I want Auntie Anne's genuine Picasso sketch signed by the artist. Anyway, I found a wonderful great value funeral company called Pharaoh. Pharaoh? Yes, they take all the worry out of your legacy by burying you with all your possessions, in your own underground chamber. And they decorate it to look like your house. It's a real home from home. In fact, I'm thinking of taking the cat with me. <laughs> it's such a weight off my mind, knowing there'll be no arguments after I've gone. Anyway, I'd better go. Are you still okay to water my plants while I'm away for Christmas? I gave you my spare key, didn't I? Oh yes, I'll let myself in. Enjoy your break. Merry Christmas. Hero Funeral Services. Turns out you can take it with you. So, with the old year on its way out, we look ahead to what big trends we have in store for next year. I'm joined now by the lovely Diane. Thank you for joining me, Diane. Merry Trishmas. Merry Trishmas. Thanks for having me. Now, you own your own marketing and advertising company, is that right? That's right. So I imagine you pretty much have to keep your finger on the pulse of what's happening and what's coming our way. So what can we expect next year? Well, one of the huge trends coming our way next year is celebrity lookalike plastic surgery. Basically, super fans getting surgery to look like their celebrity idols. Well, that sounds stupid, if I'm honest, Diane. Well, Trish is already quite popular, but it's going to be huge next year. I know a woman, a friend of mine, she spent tens of thousands of pounds on plastic surgery to look like Katie Price. Well, I mean, so is Katie Price. It's also going to be a bumper year for celebrities getting more plastic surgery just to stay one step ahead of the superfans. Mind you, my cousin Joyce, her ex-husband Jeff, was apparently very well endowed. One day, out of the blue, Jeff announced he'd booked himself in for penis reduction. Well, Joyce suggested they sleep on it. Jeff said that was part of the problem. He wouldn't wear underwear in bed, you see. Anyway, what's next, Diane? Well, how are you at buying gifts for people, Trish? I usually make gifts for people, Diane. They love it. Well, next year is predicted to be the biggest year ever for people buying experiences as gifts. Oh, yes. Sue's done that. Somebody once bought Sue a zookeeper experience. She really enjoyed it until they started scrubbing her down with a brush and throwing meat at her out of a bucket. Well, I quite like that bit though. So next year is all about extreme experiences. Skydiving, free fall para jumping off a mountain. You can even take part in a high speed car chase. High speed car chase? Not for me, thanks Diane. The closest I'll come to that is tracking an online delivery on the little map. What's next, Diane? Well, a particular food trend we can look forward to next year. Oh, you know what, Diane, sorry to interrupt. That reminds me, I recently tasted wasabi flavoured chocolate for the first time. I thought it would taste strange, but you know what? It was actually revolting. Never again. Okay, what have you got? Underwater restaurants. No, Diane. Come on, Trish. No offence, but if you don't mind me saying so, you generally don't seem very adventurous. Not very adventurous? I'll have you know, once a fortnight, Sue and I do a bottomless Prosecco brunch on a weekday night. Have you ever seen a blue whale open its mouth to eat thousands of fish? Well, instead of the whale, it's me and Sue. And instead of the fish, it's glasses of Prosecco. Sue once told me she was sleeping it off for three days. I mean, three days. I said, I don't think that's sleeping it off. Technically, I think that's a coma. Why do we do it? Because we're adventurous. Do we enjoy it? No idea. I've never remembered it. Not adventurous. 
I once volunteered to call the bingo at my mum's old people's afternoon club. I'd never done bingo calling before. They take their games of bingo very seriously, and I had no idea what I was doing. You've never heard so much swearing and filthy language in your life. But it was the only way I could get through to them to stop complaining about my bingo calling. Not adventurous. Sorry, Trish, I, I didn't mean to offend. Well, maybe here is one you can get on board with. It's to do with the world of dating. One big trend for next year is recoupling. What do you mean? Well, it's about getting back together with an ex. Is that something you'd ever consider? Oh, God, no. There's a reason people break up, Diane. I was seeing this guy Clive for a while. We went out for a meal on our first date and he ordered the same as me so I wouldn't try his food. Towards the end of the meal, he leaned across and said, are you going to finish that? What's wrong with that? It was to a family at the next table. Although, to be fair, they looked like they had finished. Oh, and he said he was a feminist and therefore happy to let me pay for the meal. But I gave him the benefit of the doubt and carried on seeing him. And when it came to the bedroom, well, the one time we were intimate, at the height of passion, he turned to me and whispered in my ear, how'd you work out your Star Wars name again? So why did you keep going out with him? Well, despite the fact that he was awful, there was something about him that kept me interested. Maybe he's changed. Why not show us your adventurous side now, Trish? Give him a call. Give him another chance. You know what, Diane? Maybe you're right. I mean, I finished with him. Maybe I was a bit hasty. I am. I'm, I'm going to call him. I mean, it's Christmas time, isn't it? People deserve a second chance. Maybe, maybe he has changed. People do change, don't they? I mean, look at Scrooge. Took three ghosts. It has been nearly two years. Hello? Clive? Is Trish here? Oh, Trish. Nice to hear from you. I was just thinking about you and me. Yeah? I know it's been a while. Yeah. We weren't together that long, but... Yeah? I just can't help thinking it was a shame that it didn't work out. I thought maybe it could have gone somewhere. And I was wondering, maybe I was a bit hasty. And... Yeah. Clive? Yeah? Are you on the toilet? Yeah. Oh, that spoilt it. I'm going to go now, Clive. Oh, and you still owe me five quid, by the way. Well, I'd like to thank all my guests, except Diane. She was a bit of a waste of time. But most of all, thank you, my listeners across the globe, especially the ones who reach out and get in touch, such as a listener called Colin, who sent in a lovely Christmas poem. It goes like this. It's Christmas time. There's no need to be afraid. At Christmas time, we, we let in light and... But that's Band-Aid, Colin. I'm not reading that out. So I hope you have a wonderful Christmas. As usual, I'll be spending the day with family. It's such a fun day. We, we play games like Pictionary, Monopoly, Ticking Time Bomb of Resentment. We eat too much food. I mean, if I'm honest, I'm still full from last year's Christmas dinner. So, however you celebrate it, have a good one. And I'll be back next year with Series 2 of the podcast. All that remains is for me to say, Merry Trishmas and a happy Sue Year. Trish of the Day was written, performed and produced by Craig Dealey. It is a Literally the Joke production.